You're watching the Tesla Life, the live Tesla community show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life. Here we are at number 252 on, what is it? It's the 4th, the 4th of May. May, May the 4th be with you. Be with you. <laughs> I thought you guys were coming in hot with that. <laughs> in, exactly. It's Star Wars Day here. Uh, the once a year uh, uh, where Patrick's uh, lightsaber in the background makes complete sense. <laughs> Speaking of Patrick, how are you doing today, sir? Out in the uh, out on the West Coast. Yeah, it's uh, I, I love this time of year. Um, we're making more than we're using with our solar panels. It's it's nice because uh, the sun is shining, and yet the AC doesn't have to be on yet. It's it's beautiful. Indeed, fantastic. And what's that? Is that a shell sh shirt you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just a sort little of? different than oh, Shell bit, might uh, have different. actually endorsed. Yes. <laughs> uh, a little bit different than the shell symbol, I see. Yes. Okay. <laughs> bit Very of parody, good. Bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, Mr. Casey Green from the DC area. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty well. Uh, my uh, my manager cut my time close here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but speaking to that. what right, speaking to what Patrick said about the uh, the the output. My house in South Carolina had its first negative bill of the uh, year at a negative nice. two cents. <laughs> That's cool. a bonus. Always yes. nice to get those negative bills. Yes, if only mm -hmm. they would pay. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, they automatically cut a check in November. That never happens. Well, you you get you get uh, to bill against a, a pay period next time, right? They just kind of yeah, just roll it and steal it at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. the way ours works, if you have any, they, they roll it over, um, but at the end of the year, if, if there's any surplus, it gets donated to the, they call it the warm program. So, well, they steal uh, it. For, yeah, well, they, <laughs> they give it to people in need, and I'm okay with that, too. Can you write it off? Oh, that's a good question. I, they probably do. I don't get to. No, I mean, I know they can, <laughs> but I think you can, too, because that's a cash value. Yeah, that uh, I uh, I'm I'm not at a so we end up we we get get extra here, but by the time it gets to November, December, January, we're we're using everything. Yeah. So I'm still not net positive for the year, right. uh, just just part of the year. I th I think I'll have a problem come uh, when it when it comes time to replace the natural gas, the methane furnace with uh, with a heat pump. Uh, at that point, then I might actually be positive all year round, and then we'll have to see. What awesome. <laughs> I'm not. Very I'm not wishing good. it break anytime soon because those are expensive. But <laughs> well, but if you're um, going to be using more electricity because you're not using methane, that, yeah. How does that help? That because I mean, the methane comes from the same uh, provider. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. those are two <laughs> different bills, uh, utility bills for me. They are here, nice. which is amazing because the same utility here as well, which is just. <laughs> but still, it. two bills. That's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so I wanted to uh, touch upon this story. This was kind of a, a good news story uh, that oh, was published story. out of St. John's, uh, Newfoundland, uh, far east coast of Canada. Uh, there was a uh, gentleman there who has FSD beta, uh, mm -hmm. one of the lucky Canadians that are trying it out. And uh, he invited the local news crew 
uh, down to come for a drive with him. And uh, he explained to them how FSD beta is, what it encompasses, how it's used, and then took the film crew on a little ride through the streets of uh, downtown St. John's, which of course is is rustic. It's an old city. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's one of the oldest cities in Canada. So some of the downtown core, the streets are narrow. Uh, it's difficult to get around, uh, bumpy roads, uh, all those kind of things. Kind of like a Boston, uh, if you would think of uh, for oh, the nice. U.S. So, uh, but what was refreshing on this uh, video, and we've put the link uh, for all our stories uh, in the show notes. So if you want to go uh, look at the video, you certainly can. But what was what I found refreshing was that he actually explained to the news group how it works, what it can and cannot do, what the driver's responsibilities are, and that no, not everyone in North America has this available to them and mm -hmm. is driving out willy-nilly. Uh, he explained about how the driver has to be in complete control at all times, be able to grab the wheel, to hit the brake, depending on what happens with the vehicle, understanding that the car could do something unexpected and that the driver's responsible for all those conditions. And uh, that was kind of refreshing to watch uh, compared to some of the hit pieces we've seen when someone has just given the car and uh, they go out on their own little run and, and uh, wreak havoc uh, or, or pretend to wreak havoc in the cabin. And uh, yes. it's really not wreaking havoc on the outside. So, or uh, worse, they reverse engineer the safety protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Mark. This was this was one of the best FSD contents that's out there because of all the reasons that you said. It, it wasn't about hype. It wasn't about slamming on Tesla. It was just about how does it really work and what does it really do? And and um, he talked about how he has his hands at the ready all the time because this is beta and it could do the wrong thing. But yet it showed what what it can do and how it can do it really well, even in a difficult environment. Mm -hmm. exactly yeah exactly. And, and 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 to do it on the version that they're on is, is also a plus because it is leaps and bounds above some of the previous versions to the point where you know since the birth of my daughter i've driven less than a mile manually she's only ever seen fsd beta driving <laughs> <laughs> She'll this only is only 10 days me. but still <laughs> <laughs> She may never get a driver's license. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this could be I'll a still, whole still... different world for your daughter, Casey. That's oh, for sure. Yes. I'll still teach her how. Who knows if she'll get the if she'll get the permit or not? <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, yeah. So take a look if you've got a couple minutes. It's not all that long, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Next, uh, let's talk a little bit about some superchargers in Norway. Yes. And of course, these superchargers are part of the Tesla program that allows all EV owners, uh, well, ones that are capable of doing so, plugging into a, a, C, a CS charger uh, that's associated with this particular Norwegian charger. I believe almost all the chargers in Norway are now switched over. Or no, that wasn't Norway. Norway had like a dozen. Yeah. Netherlands. Anyways, it's one of these dozens. And yeah. uh, what, what has happened is that Tesla has added uh, cameras uh, to the supercharger site. They've wired them up, uh, up on poles, and they're looking down on the different supercharger setup. Uh, and what they're doing is they're, they're doing a little bit of reconnaissance, uh, trying to figure out 
what other EV drivers are doing, how they're parking, how they're accepting the charge for their vehicle, if they're running into any issues like the cable is not long enough or things of that nature, they're able to record the action that happens uh, at these superchargers. And they're also providing this little um, notice as to what they're doing. So it isn't scaring anybody that Tesla is now, uh, you know, involved in some uh, three-letter agency recording of things. Uh, <laughs> what they're doing is they're just uh, examining what's happening and uh, they are probably taking this information uh, to allow them to have a, a better experience for other EV drivers and of course Tesla drivers at the same time. Because the last thing you wanna do uh, as a Tesla owner is show up at a supercharger where everyone's parked willy nilly, blocking spaces, whatever, trying to figure out how they can get a charge. So uh, yeah, there's, there's an example of that right there. So uh, this, is, uh, this is something that Tesla obviously has, um, I guess, expected, uh, and now they're doing a little bit of reconnaissance by recording how much of this actually happens. How many cars, maybe maybe there's a certain car, like in the previous example, the Audi uh, has it in a place that's hard to reach. So they're they're looking at different, uh, different possibilities and patterns uh, that happen at this particular supercharger in Norway. Uh, I mean, that, 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 that Audi was still taking up three spaces, but thankfully only one supercharger. But uh, it could it could have been a minimum of two to a maximum of five, depending on how they parked it. Yeah, and if he had a trailer, he could have blocked the whole thing. This is true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope they, they use this for idle fees. Um, because yes. even for Tesla owners, if you uh, are blocking the spot, but you don't plug in, you're not going to get charged idle fees. Well, now if they have camera surveillance, they can read your license plate. Or if you've been previously plugged in and then unplugged, they, they know your exact billing information because you just gave it to them when you plugged in right. as part of their, their plug-in charge proprietary protocol. So uh, they could just keep charging you. And there's the video evidence of you blocking that spot and, and idling fees are part of the deal. So... Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. They, they, they do that would actually be really cool. And in fact, they could extend it to, um, like, like you said, the easiest way to confirm it is watch who plugs in. But, mm -hmm. but and then if they don't move, then 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 continue to charge them. But then even better than that, if a fossil is parked there, just read their license plate and submit it to uh, the police, a towing agency, a toll agency, and just send them a mm -hmm. fee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, or, yeah. Eight hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, and then also in their um, uh, navigation system, when they say how many stalls are available, that's just how many are plugged in or not. Well, right. if they have this better observation and data, they can actually show you how many are available. Just how many are not blocked is a, is a better way to phrase it. Yeah. I'm certainly hoping that they can take this data and uh, maybe build it into future supercharger sites or modify some of the current ones to better reflect how they're going to be used with all EVs. If this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it certainly looks like Europe is going to be the testing ground. It's certainly looking like they are the ones that are going to get this first and more mass adoption than what's been happening here in North America. To because at this point in North America, no other supercharger has been enabled for another vehicle, uh, to our knowledge. But, um, uh, you know, is, is it going to require a slightly longer cable? You know, is the mm -hmm. uh, CCS cable maybe have to be, you know, stretched an extra two or three feet? Is that what's going to make a difference for most to be able to follow the rules and park with between the lines and such? So, uh, 
I guess we're going to have to uh, watch this for a while, and it'll be interesting to see if they roll this out to more than just one supercharger for this surveillance. Yeah, I think they should just start putting cameras as uh, standard equipment in, into the superchargers. Yeah, because right now we've got one in the U.S. where they had that vandalization, uh, plus whoever already had them on site with the host, and now this one. Like Maybe these will pan out, and they'll, they'll actually do something with it. I also like well, that and they, uh, they, they should certainly do it for those, uh, what, three or four that we know of in the U.S. that uh, have um, Starlink. Yeah, like especially them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then they yeah. have to pay data. They should be first on the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they do have to pay data because it's from one company to the other. But either way, uh, <laughs> I also paper. like that I like that they, that they um, to get the notice out, rather than making a label or anything, they, they took an eight and a half by 11 sheet of metal and laser etched the printed document onto it. <laughs> That I shows guess, that's going to be there for a while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still just a memo. It's got the date on it. It's got the little QR code. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not just behind some piece of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> but you can well, recycle let's, it. Uh, done. Let's move on that's to um, West Virginia, uh, which West has Virginia. no connection to what we just talked about. But uh, <laughs> one, of, one of you guys might uh, know a little bit about this story, about uh, <sighs> Senator... Uh, Joe uh, Manchin of uh, West Virginia, uh, he um, he made a comment recently in the media about his displeasure of the Biden administration rolling out a uh, new EV credit system uh, that uh, he complains is not what America needs. Uh, and he followed up quickly with what he would do instead is roll out some credits for hydrogen vehicles. So does he like um, screwing over his own people? Because uh, Virginia is a coal country, and electric cars mm-hmm. can run on coal. Hydrogen comes from methane, and last I checked, Virginia was not a methane country, uh, or West Virginia. So. State. <laughs> yeah, this guy's no, on hills, so country. many levels about so many things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that you could do rational thinking and, and figure out what what's in his head. Um, uh, I can. Who's paying him for this? Because yes, uh, that, that, that's perfectly reasonable, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, he's obviously being fed a line and just buying a hookling line and sinker. And, right. I mean, because um, you got coal coal mines shutting down all over the state. They're talking about saving jobs and blah blah blah. Uh, feeding the coal plant. Uh, not, you know, as much as you know, all of us are against the coal plants. It's still easier to clean up one coal plant than it is to clean up uh, a million cars or mm-hmm. a million cars plus the three hydrogen. Uh, water cracking facilities or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I can see why um, if you're part of the fossil fuel industry, you want people to move to hydrogen because you can still control the supply and have them uh, with if electricity, we were just talking about how we have solar panels, we can make it ourselves. We don't have yep. to have some fueling depot that's in our loop. And uh, with with hydrogen, you're not going to produce hydrogen at home. You're going to make it. Uh, you're going to go get whatever they made for you. Uh, and sure, they say, oh, it can be made uh, from um, electrolysis from renewable energy, but uh, it's not going to be. The, if right. you look at it today, the the vast majority, like ninety nine percent of hydrogen is gray hydrogen. It's not blue hydrogen or green hydrogen. But but they take these. Uh, things that are a fraction of a percent. And that's what all the hype and uh, publicity is about, is about the green hydrogen, even though it's going to just be a a token effort. I wonder if they had never canceled the Honda Phil, if somebody would have made a uh, natural gas to hydrogen generator for the 
Honda Clarity. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, well, the Honda Phil, huh? Uh, the Honda Phil, for those of you who don't know, uh, was a product that would you you would get it installed like your stove or dryer, and it would do a slow fill overnight of your Honda Civic CNG, and so it would compress the the gas slowly as you slept. So you'd come in half full, and in the morning, in time for your commute, it would be three quarters or or fully full, and and then you could do it all over again. Uh, so you minute by minute throughout the night, it would slowly build a high pressure bomb that was attached <laughs> yes, to your exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why this didn't take off. I, I just can't think of any reason that people would be concerned. Building <laughs> yeah. the pressure higher did... and higher throughout the night, and you sleep soundly in your house <laughs> next to the bomb that's outside attached to your gas main. But yeah, it did. I don't know did... why it didn't work. It did solve the infrastructure issue that, uh, you know, like, where do I get natural gas if I don't own a garbage dump or uh, a fleet? Uh, it is just my commuter car, so it's not like I need this thing to be able to go cross-country. So in California, Canada, and parts of the East Coast, you could actually get them to install this. They'd tap your gas line and pop it in. And so I was thinking, well, they could do that with hydrogen, but there's no hydrogen pipe to everybody's house, so it would have to be from natural gas, and that thing was canceled, so... Well, it seems like uh, Senator Joe may be uh, getting some money from maybe some gasoline companies uh, because, of course, we know uh, that uh, big oil, uh, one of their moves to a greener economy is through hydrogen. That's what they want to do because, of course, as mentioned, it has to be refined. Someone has to uh, refine the hydrogen to get it to the point where it can be used in vehicles. And who better to do that than a large you know, uh, petrochemical companies slash oil companies uh, that currently have those type of refineries already and would love to uh, uh, put a markup on all the energy that uh, currently is going or would go into hydrogen vehicles. What about that mm -hmm. experiment with the coal gasification? Did that ever become commercial? Because if so, yeah. then, well, then no, that's not going to work then. <laughs> I don't know where he's getting the money for this thing or why it's good for his people. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, and I, I've had this argument with with others with that, that just aren't quite aware of how hydrogen is actually produced. Uh, I've had mm -hmm. people say, yeah. you know, they're, you know, the, the electric vehicle and a hydrogen vehicle both use an electric motor, you know, yeah. but but the question becomes is why do I need to have to refine something using fossil fuel typically, as Patrick mentioned, to make it into a product that can then be converted to electricity and then use the electric motor when if I just add a battery to a vehicle and I plug it in, I've got a direct link. I don't have to go through those other steps. And there's no extra refining and there's no burning of extra fossil fuel. That all goes out the window with the electric structure we already have in our homes. So there's uh, no explosion it, risk, just fire. Yeah, it just doesn't make <laughs> and sense. And that's a minimal risk. <laughs> it doesn't make sense on the personal personal vehicle front. Right. So right. It doesn't make sense environmentally. It doesn't make sense financially. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense from an efficiency perspective. There's just the, there's no case for hydrogen for personal transportation, in my opinion. There's one. Uh, I covered it a couple of weeks ago. There's this island uh, in in the United Kingdom that their 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 connection to the mainland is is I guess the main island I should say is is too small to get all of their wind energy uh, from the island to the big island. So they send some of it across as uh, as reformed hydrogen from cracking water, but that's okay, like well, the only case. Let, let me, yeah. So <laughs> I, my complete sentence was: there's no case for for personal transportation, and the okay, one you just yeah. mentioned was not personal transportation. I'm not saying there's no case for hydrogen. There's no place it's usable. There are a few, 
Yeah. But but it, like like even that, like you could you could then stick that in your totem Mirai on the island, but even then it's like why? Why bother? Well like, yeah, the, the problem the is pipe. they have too much renewable energy. So yeah. I think you can just you don't need to convert it to use it. Use it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, ship, so we'll ship mega packs we'll back and forth on, on a container ship. We'll see yeah, if Joe gets, uh, gets some traction cable. on this. But the other thing to mention here is that uh Democracy is not a spectator sport. If you're after mm -hmm. clean energy to be used in electricity to power transportation in the future, we've all got to act. We have mm -hmm. to alert our representatives. We have to let them know over and over again that this is what the path that we want. This is what we want our taxpayer money used for. And uh, it has to be prompted to them over and over. It's a pain in the butt. I understand that. But if we don't do it, Nobody else will. And then what you'll get is the lobby money will continually push politicians in a certain way. And if uh, we don't want that to happen, we're going to have to act. So, again, yes. join your local EV group. There's power in numbers. And let's write our representatives regularly and let them know where we want them to go with our tax dollars and how it is to uh, be uh, used. Yeah, we've heard we've, we saw several large reasons for why we should be doing this this week, both here and in Canada. And as Mark said, you know, contact your reps because if you contact their office via email, letter, fax, or phone call, they have to log it. And so, no matter how much they try to hand wave it away, I just got ten thousand calls when I did X. Whoops! <laughs> how am I going to get voted uh, voted in again if I if I keep doing X? Yep, power <laughs> mm -hmm. in, power in numbers, definitely. Uh, next, uh, Casey's got uh, something yeah. here about superchargers in Germany. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that they keep telling us at these shareholder calls is that, uh, you know, how many percentage points that the Tesla fleet grew by and, and how, how they plan to keep up with the supercharger network and the service center network. Well, we've got a story out mm -hmm. of Germany how uh, Tesla wants to expand the network by 56% as new EVs flood the market. Also, mm -hmm. as they start to enable uh, non-Teslas to use the market. So it goes hand in hand. So 56% in 2022 is, 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 what is, is what they want to grow by. So that's impressive, and it's a good start. And if they could also do that in California, it would be great. <laughs> Did you yeah. say well, again, it's showing that it's not just, it's not just North America. They're, right. they're looking at the mm -hmm. markets where these vehicles are being purchased, and yeah. they're reacting to it, which which is great because again, they own the infrastructure, they know how much how many times their chargers are being utilized, and therefore they should be able to react with new uh, supercharger or stalls uh, added uh, to a certain area. Yep. And so figures wise, right now Germany has about four percent of the uh, total superchargers with 123 sites, and uh, that's only going to improve. And as Mark was saying, you know they've got the data not just of where you bought the car, where you registered, blah blah blah. They can see you driving around, assuming you haven't turned off the switch, which you're probably not going to if you want to use the app the way that you would like to use it. So uh, that will then help them know where you're going to need it. They see, oh, everybody always goes on vacation uh, for German holiday one. Uh, from here to here, so they make sure that there's actually stuff you can use on route, so you're not stuck waiting in mm -hmm. line or cutting the line like I did in Elizabeth, New Jersey when it broke. Uh <laughs> <laughs> line cutter. Oh, jeez. They were squabbling, and I just replaced it with another guy that looks like this and another black uh, SUV, but bigger. <laughs> Turn around like they squeezed uh, right in It doesn't look right. <laughs> Can't oh, believe we man. let you back on the show after that. <laughs> 
I apologize. <laughs> After he got to the next supercharger. I did. <laughs> uh, here's a story that uh, has just hit uh, the news. Um, Tesla headlights, yeah. which we know have uh, changed recently to allow them to be more dynamic, uh, to be able to use different um, uh, different rows of LEDs in the lights, uh, not to just to display something, but of course, uh, to be adaptive, to follow the road in certain uh, countries that allow that to happen. Um, a report has come out that some of those lights on Model 3s have been changed again back to the old uh uh, headlights and it was reported uh it was was just earlier in the week and then just today we got a report out of uh, a canadian um branch or uh, sorry location that was delivering vehicles that some of those vehicles with the old headlights showed up there as well so in a few countries uh this has now shown up so no real comment from tesla on this although i would guesstimate uh that they found a uh, a couple skids of extra headlights uh, that yes. were laying around, and maybe they just worked them into the uh, production uh, to get rid of them and hey, uh, hey, keep hey, moving on. Hey, uh, boss, the, not uh, sure the... about that, but that's right. that's a good possibility. The the shipment of Matrix lights for this month is late. Can we use them uh, warranty designated parts? Yeah, just throw them in the line. <laughs> yeah, this is what life looks like in a world where the supply chains are not uh, fully operational. You make do what you with what you can, and you keep things moving as best you can. Yeah, yeah. And again, probably not going to matter to most people that are purchasing a vehicle. Um, in the vast majority of cases, they won't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, you know, super geeks like us that are watching this stuff every uh, day of the week. Uh, we'll pick up on it and complain about it, but uh, the normal uh, average Joe purchaser uh, will never notice something like this, right? Or even and, know what happened to them. And I think it literally is probably a case of supply chain uh, logistics because uh, Matrix lights to be used as they are intended uh, just became legal a few months ago here in the states, and, mm -hmm. uh, and and I don't imagine they would roll it back, especially as Mark said in several countries. Uh, this sounds more like, hey, we're out of matrix lights and we want to keep this line rolling. What do we do? Hey, can we tap the warranty parts that are sitting in the bin over there? And so mm -hmm. here's here's a question. What do you guys think with a regular headlight in a vehicle, if they didn't have it to replace, could they put a matrix light in place of a regular headlight Probably. on a vehicle as a swap? Say, say a light uh, failed under warranty or something. Yeah. Do you think they could put a warranty, uh, a, a matrix light in place or would that require a software change? I think it would definitely require a software change, but I think it would be one that they could handle because when you look at the original lights for the Model 3, they are already running on, on the CAN bus, as, as were the uh, the refresh lights on the, sorry, the uh, facelift lights on the Model S and then all of the Model Xs. So um, like that's like something we come across occasionally when Rich Rebuilds and the others want to do mods. They have to get the old, old lights in order to be able to control them manually because the new ones are all software-based. Right. So when the car powers on, it's going to do this inventory of everything. And the software has support for all of these various yeah. uh, variations. So I but it, it does have to know that a 2022 can have the old lights. But I imagine mm -hmm. that's just a matter of the service center telling engineering, or in this case, it coming down correctly from the factory. Yeah. Our next story is kind of going with the theme that we had for the, uh, uh, the, the title of our show yeah. tonight. Uh, which is basically uh, Gigas, Gigas scaling up. And um, this story was about uh, Fremont 
uh, factory running somewhere uh, 10 to 20% above its capacity that they it typically pushes out. So we've heard Elon speak about how they're going to make improvements at Fremont. They're going to increase the run rate there. I'm not sure if this is part of it or if this is just Tesla pushing because, of course, Shanghai was down for a number of weeks mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID uh, lockdown. And uh, maybe uh, Tesla is pushing harder at Fremont as well as maybe Berlin to push out uh, more and more vehicles uh, to make up the difference. Maybe they won't make up the difference, but they're trying to shorten the distance yes, that uh, part. between those two points. Yeah, I think it was so, like 20 uh, days or three weeks, one or the other. So the, the unending uh, drone army that flies over all Tesla plants <laughs> at this point uh, noticed that there was uh, a bit more activity happening at uh, Fremont. And uh, this uh, article uh, report was written up indicating that they believe that Tesla's on a bit of a push at Fremont, pushing out more and more vehicles, uh, getting it, again, somewhere between 10 and 20% above capacity. So uh, <clears throat> good to see. And again, that leads us to the flexibility of multiple gigafactories. Mm -hmm. uh, when there's a parts supply shortage, when there's a problem like a COVID lockdown, once all these plants are up and running scaled at proper amounts, they can all work to help each other uh, to uh, still get the same amount of vehicles out or more uh, if uh, they can work together uh, as to a scheduling and the production uh, that they have ongoing. So uh, this is just, uh, as we've talked about before, having them in multiple continents uh, just uh, makes a lot of sense for Tesla and helps the company out as a whole. Imagine if this had happened when they were only running out of Fremont. Like, they would have been in a world of hurt had their only factory shut down for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, this, is, um, this again, is a, is, a, is a plus for them. And as uh, even with Berlin and, <coughs> excuse me, and certainly Texas is not anywhere near uh, production uh, capacity at this point. They're not even ramped up fully. Um, this... Uh, this is going to get better and better as time goes along as well. So especially not with, will... especially with Model, Model Y being their best product as far as sales volume, <clears throat> and those plants only making Model Y. Well, uh, Shanghai does make Model 3 as well, but the Austin and, and, and Berlin only make Model Y. And then you've got um, the, the question I had was for this to be uh, over percentage, uh, are they running extra shifts? Have they cranked up the robots or like how are they doing this? Well, they'd have to crank up everything, not just the robots. Uh, yeah. Even the people in the lines would have to be uh, working more effectively or faster or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, like, if they had, like, a two or three shifts, if they went to four, would that be enough to, to do it without putting a stress on the, on the, on the people and the equipment? Good question. Not quite yeah. sure. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next, uh, Patrick should take this story. Yeah. About, okay. Uh, is this the uh, annual shareholder meeting? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. How'd I guess? That's uh, <laughs> so. I was a little late to the show, but uh, yeah, Mark, uh, I'll take this one. So Tesla's <laughs> annual 2022 shareholder meeting will be held on August 4th. So uh, this is where all the shareholder initiatives are uh, voted on by shareholders, and sometimes the board has recommendations. Um, we'll probably if, if there's anything non-vegan in the car, we'll hear from PETA. You know uh, it. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the agenda has not been announced yet, but one thing we do know for sure they're going to be voting on is the stock split. Yes. Uh, yeah. And 
Um, the, the, my understanding is that the shareholders would, would approve or not, and I'm sure they would approve the split, but then the board after that gets to decide what it'll actually be. Is it 20 for one or 10 for one? Sometimes that's um, included and the shareholders get to vote on the exact one. Other times it's not. The board uh, just wants them to approve it and they'll decide after the fact. So uh, we will find out um, soon. Um, but uh, I, uh, that, that particularly, I, I know that you're just changing, um, you know, like a diamond to 10 pennies. It, there's no, the, the, the value is the same, but there's a huge psychological uh, impact. It's a, a signal that the company thinks the stock is going to grow. Uh, it allows uh, people who are not able to buy fractional shares to buy full shares. Um, there's there's um, a lot of good things that, that, that can come out of that. And it looks like um, Tesla's credit rating should soon be upgraded. A lot of positive stuff. Um, so I'm I'm uh, looking forward to this. They're finally getting a credit rating increase after they've gone like <laughs> cash positive on everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you, if you compare their rating with with their peers, they're they're far below where they should be. And uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that upgrade. Yeah. So in just three so, short so what months. Do you guys, what do you two think? Uh, my guess is five to one. At least five to one, because that's what they did last time, right? Yep. Now, 20 to one, like like uh, they're talking about in the chat, that does sound like fun. I mean, because uh, as Patrick said, you know, not only does that show confidence, but it also does get you a little bit of a bump uh, because everybody's everybody who can now afford full shares is buying them. The other thing to consider is uh, the employee stock purchase plan might not be set yes. up for fractional shares. So if they have to buy whole shares and it costs three weeks wages, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. So are, are you, what, what's your guess, Casey? Uh, I don't have one, but I like that 20 to one, but five to one sounds reasonable because they did that last time. I'm hoping they do at least 10 to one. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is if you, if you wanted to cash a little bit out like Elon did for Twitter, then you're not giving as many away. You're just a smaller portion of your, of your pie if you do that. It's the I mean, not buying Twitter, because how many of us can do that? But yeah. I meant like, like if you wanted to just get cash right. a little bit. If, if you want to raise X dollars, it, it's, it's whatever percentage of your portfolio that is. So right. the number, the share count doesn't, doesn't help you there. No, it's no, but if you, if you only, want, if you only it, wanted like $100 you said, out, you wouldn't have to cash oh, out oh. $1,000 to get your $100 out. <laughs> right, yes. Okay, yeah, good point. Very good. I'm excited. Okay. I'm curious uh, what they'll find next. in PETA, though. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, next, uh, it's been found, uh, for, I believe this was from uh, some place in Asia. I think it was reported that a Model S was delivered with a, a screen uh, that was tiltable. So we mm -hmm. had known in the past uh, that the Model S, upon release, actually had some mechanisms behind the screen that would allow the screen to tilt uh, back and forth. Yeah. And uh, this uh, just didn't work uh, because the actuators or motors uh, that would be in the system were not there uh, for initial rollout. Right. Uh, but uh, it's been indicated that uh, the swivel uh, screen has now uh, happened at a couple of deliveries. Uh, and Casey's got this Larry uh, Lai uh, uh, photo up that... Yeah. Uh, they're able to do it with a, a software uh, touch on the screen, and it will move the screen. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I I would guess, and I I want your two opinions on this. But what about all the Model Ss that have been delivered to date without this? 
Is this so, going to be a, a recall? Is this going to be? I wouldn't say a recall, uh, but uh, the is this initial... going to be where they're going to send out a note to everybody that has an S and say, "Come in at your convenience," or or your USB ports time? ready? <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, they all seem to have the mechanism. It's just that they were missing motors. Right. So, so the early early uh, reservations, they all actually listed it as a feature, and that it wasn't in there. And so we figured, oh, it's coming with a software update. And then people opened the car to find out that, no, it's not in there at all. So for those people whose sales documents said it, they even if Tesla doesn't want to do the right thing, they have a leg to stand on to get it fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. But afterwards, Tesla removed that language from the, from the, from the screen. So I don't know if, if you would be able to pay to retrofit it or if they're just going to pretend it, it, it wasn't a thing until now. Um, in this video that we're going to see here, it it it, uh, it, it sounds American, um, and the power frunk is aftermarket. Uh, but as as Mark was saying, I think we saw it in Singapore or Taiwan. We yeah. saw a couple couple in the showroom, so it's not it's not just that this guy added it when he added his power frunk. Uh, are you guys ready for me to play that? Go ahead. All right, here we go. Power frunk. This. I like that. People were saying it's noisy. That's pretty cool. It's not that noisy, and it does work exactly like uh, Sandy Monroe speculated it would, where he's like, yeah, it's going to go this way (laughs) and that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I figured it might actuate them both and kind of do it smoothly, but uh, he was right. (laughs) It would go all the way in and then all the way out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That power yeah. frunk, uh, the integration with the screen is pretty cool. Yeah, the the current ones uh, do that right now as well. Uh, when the the hood latch gets a uh, command, they they actually in, uh, intercept that and, uh... and, and they, they 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 allow it to pass through. But then they also send an open command to their to their uh, power strut. Yeah, see, that's smart. Yeah, which is really cool because then when you open it, even though it's already open, it'll close. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And along with uh, with what we were talking about, about Fremont, um, Giga Shanghai, of course, the one that was shut down for three weeks, uh, they've now indicated uh, that uh, Casey should know this, right? Uh, yeah. What, what's happened there with the volume at uh, Giga Shanghai? So they've filed documents that show that they are going to be increasing production by over or up, yeah, over 33% in June to 1 million units per year, up from 500,000. <laughs> oh, man. And then... Wow. Uh, they're also talking about putting in a second factory on the site. That's the huge news, right? That, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we heard that. We heard that we China is going to yeah. get a second uh, plant, or we speculated that based on yeah. uh, all that was happening. Yeah. But uh, this was an actual letter of intent uh, sent to uh, local uh, officials yeah. uh, so, from Tesla. It was on Tesla letterhead, yeah. and uh, they've outlined their plan or their intent. Uh, to build a second Gigafactory Shanghai. So uh, if if they build this one as fast as the first Giga Shanghai, uh, mm-hmm. which should be actually actually be even faster because now the site's already prepped and they're just putting another building on it. Um, I think that this would then allow uh, David's prediction of 2.2 million for the yeah. company to come from one country. <laughs> oh, but okay. So um, they it took a year, right, to build yeah. Shanghai? It's under a so year. That, yeah, it was okay. under a year. But considering where we're at in this year, there's not going to be any vehicle production out no. of the new oh, no, Shanghai no. building. This but it year. might be ready no. in time for some sort of like Red Day festival or something. 
like early early next year if they if they if they keep the pedal to the metal uh, slam the lightning pedal like they did with the original one, and because now it's not a muddy field, it's right. It's a site. Right. They're just building a building on it. Yeah. So that is dramatic news. Uh, again, uh, with uh, the way that China builds uh, factories for Tesla. All they have to do is announce it, and I would say about three days later, it's ready to go. <laughs> you mean they don't have to deal with uh, bats and ants and no uh, uh, bombs and cardboard trees and astroturf groups? So what, here's what, what we're going to do. We're going to set up cots in the main factory uh, in the loading bay, and then when the sun comes up, you're going to build the factory. And when it goes down, uh, you're going to you're going to you know you're going to come back and do your shift at Giga Factory One. <laughs> I was going to say the, the COVID cuts, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. So obviously, Tesla has scoped out uh, what they need to satisfy the market in China, and they are not even coming close if they're considering building a second uh, gigafactory in the same city. Obviously, that uh, it, it makes sense that uh, they think that the that the uh, number of vehicles they could sell can sell are, are at least double what they're selling today, the which Australian is cyber remarkable. From there. Hmm. The other so when they built the initial Shanghai, they said it is not intended for export. They did end up exporting some because uh, Germany was taking too long and and, and other yeah. reasons. But yeah. uh, this one, so I think, export is export one hub. of their primary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's, it's in the name, so uh, that. They're going to have a very different goal with this one than they did the first one. It still, still leaves them in a contention with India because India doesn't want any of these imported Chinese cars. But uh, maybe maybe now that these two are here, they, they have another leg in their negotiations. Like, hey, you know, right. we're still at the table and you guys are asking all of this of us. How about we can do this or we can not give you any Chinese cars or not build a factory? <laughs> I think India. I think India's uh, real issue is that uh, they're trying to force a manufacturer to build cars within the country. Yeah, and I think that's that's their main goal uh, when they're dealing with uh, uh, other countries, um, um, other other countries' uh, companies. That's that's exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. So we'll see if they become successful or if some sort of uh, middle ground, as Casey mentioned, uh, happens. Uh, between them and Tesla. But, well, I mean, uh, the Indian culture overall, uh, they, 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 there's a negotiation. Um, like all of my friends that grew up in India, like they, they said that their parents would teach them to negotiate from a very young age. And so if, if, if everybody's like that, then they ended up, they're very shrewd negotiators. But at the same time, you've got Tesla, which is, you know, they've got all their legal team, they've got all their negotiation power, and, and now they're like huge. Uh, and they're, they're, Pretty pretty stubborn as well, so I think that's why this is taking so long because you've got just two immovable objects, and they're just like nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> and, and the other the other thing is, and rightfully so, uh, with Tesla in the position they are in, is that um, they don't know how well their cars will sell in India. If they keep uh, raising they the price, really, you know they <laughs> they know that uh, that there is uh, uh, that that certain groups of people buy based on uh, income that they have. And uh, it becomes a question of, do we build a whole factory within a country where we don't know the figures that we expect to sell vehicles at? Uh, I would be hesitant, too. Right. Time with yeah, so they... many people, that'd be a great place for the robo-taxi factory. Hmm. 
That's a good point. Yeah, they do need to open the market up and import cars so they can have an idea of what their sales expectation should be. That, that would be a compromise. Hey, let's, let's try yeah. it out. And then we mm -hmm. build your factory to size. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Berlin is a lot smaller than the other gigafactories. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of Berlin, hmm. speaking of Berlin and the, I don't get these environmental groups. I really don't. Uh, but uh, this story uh, came out uh, just uh, yesterday. Uh, a, a group Let called Green, Mating Bat the season. Green League, of course. <laughs> uh, sounds like they're a little bit of doing some green washing. But the Green League <laughs> has uh, asked that Tesla's license uh, be revoked because of a paint leak that happened at Giga Berlin. And uh, this is just another one in the long list of environmental groups that have lobbied against Tesla since Tesla announced they were going to build a factory uh, in Brandenburg. Uh, and uh, this is something that uh, has plagued them all the way through, as mentioned by Patrick. The different things, uh, bats, ants, uh, cardboard forest. Uh, we, had the, uh, <laughs> we had the environmental group that uh, chopped up some power lines and I made started uh, a fire in this cardboard forest. forest. Fire. Uh, we've had many, many issues. And uh, here's another one. Uh, my question, of course, to these environmental groups is, have you watched the news lately? Do you know that you and Europe are trying to divest yourself from petroleum products that you're currently getting from from a country that is uh pushing war on other countries in europe uh mm -hmm. maybe you should be looking at other things to complain about because you have no solution when it comes to moving into a future patrick and free <laughs> one that's free from fossil fuels exactly they do not have another solution Yes, there are other companies that are starting down that path, but um, the market leader uh, has built a factory that is now up and running and operational in your country, and you want to shut it down because they had a paint leak. Inside I the just building. don't get it. <laughs> I, I, it's like chopping off your nose to spite your face. So, I mean, I, I, like you kept pointing out, they're coming in without solutions. Like Elon's thing is always, hey, I don't mind you coming to me with problems, but come mm -hmm. to me with some solutions for those problems. And they could be doing that or, or you know, like not being so so hardline on what they're doing because uh, I'm not saying don't care about the environment. I mean, yeah, paint leaks are, are bad, especially if they're outside or leaking into um, into the drain. Well, this, this one didn't get to a water source. It was right. within the plant. Right. And so so in that case, you can come through with a with a um, compromise like, hey, you guys, uh, uh, that's approaching some stuff we don't like. Uh, how about how about we do better next time or, or show us how you plan to mitigate it, but don't. You don't have to shut them down. Uh, but that, that goes to uh, another uh, environmental group uh, that is now advocating from the U.S. for an environmental shutdown of Starlink, just like we saw in France, what was it, two weeks ago? But, of course, this other group happens to run a, they own some satellites, a, yes. <laughs> an interlake satellite uh, competition. Uh, and for whatever reason, they want an investigation to happen on Starlink. Uh, that one uh, I can understand. The one in France was like, what the hell? <laughs> That one is just like some good old fashioned dirty oh capitalism. It, it just sounds just sounds like our first uh, story from uh, Mister the Senator Joe there uh, getting uh, <laughs> upset that um, you know his uh, his lobbyists aren't being uh, 
adequately adequately uh, looked at. Um, yeah. People are surpassing them for electricity. I, yeah. I just don't. It's so you know, it's always follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. And you will typically see the root of the problem or where it's coming from, uh, the base of the problem, uh, the base of who is at this and their reasoning uh, will become more clear once you follow the money. Well, Hockey Day asks a good question of what, what fuel is, uh, is powering the gigapresses, presses? Uh, and uh, it comes up on Wikipedia. They say it's electric. So it's an electric arc furnace. Pretty cool. I, I was also thinking methane. <laughs> Yeah, and in any time you're manufacturing something, there's going to be some associated carbon footprint. Oh yeah, right. So what 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 matters is the lifetime of it. So right off the line, an electric vehicle does have a larger carbon footprint, but uh, ten years later, it's well, going to be like that a long. third. I mean, it, it, yeah. By the, so, by the second oil change of the gas car, they are equal. So if you throw away your gas cars by the time they need their second oil change, then then a gas car is cleaner for you. But uh... I don't know anybody who does that. That's quite the short <laughs> lifespan, yeah. <laughs> if you plan on getting it totaled on the drive home, then right. you should buy a gas car. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, so that's uh, that was a perplexing story. I don't understand why they, like, I just don't get it, what's, what's going on in Berlin. I'm wondering if the other automakers in Germany BMW, Mercedes, are they facing this type of thing when they build a, a factory? Do they face the oh, same opposition? I'm not huge into conspiracy theories, but at this point, it seems like maybe they might be uh, co-funding some of these uh, objections. Well, how, how do you know that? <laughs> you don't. That's why it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to necessarily be pointing fingers at them specifically, but... Uh, it is it is interesting that that uh, and of course we're looking at the Tesla situation all the time. So we get news of this these stories and and uh, discuss them. We're not looking for uh, a story as to why Mercedes can't build a new plant in Germany, but uh, it is it's interesting interesting keeping an eye on this as time goes along. Speaking of keeping uh, things uh, watching them as time goes along. If you want to keep up to date with us uh, throughout the week, please follow us on our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life. Uh, you can also follow us on our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life Numeral One. We thank Patrick, of course, uh, for maintaining the Facebook feed uh, with us throughout the week, and of course, we thank Casey uh, for helping produce our live shows uh, that we put on once a week that you're joining us today with. And if you haven't already, please, please, please give us a thumbs up and a subscription if you haven't already it's free it's not going to get any cheaper and you're helping out the channel and supporting what we're doing here and we would really appreciate that if you could do so Definitely. with that uh, we've got a bunch of people in the chat room any questions out there we're, we're about uh, eight minutes early tonight so if yeah. you've got a, a question uh send us a note uh casey or patrick do you have any uh anything you wanted to discuss extra tonight i know i'm putting you on the spot well, I had that thing with the Starlink, but I squeezed it in there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Starlink, my Ethernet adapter has arrived, so now I'm just waiting on them to ship me a pole. Uh, so what I think I'm going to do is, if I get some time this weekend, is I'm just going to set it on the ground and uh, and and see what I get with the Ethernet adapter. You're uh, not going to mount it to the roof of your Model X? 
Oh, no, no. <laughs> right on the hood. That's the better spot, right? It's right the, in my field of view. It only affects me when I turn left. Oh, <laughs> I only make right hand turns, officers. It doesn't affect me at all. That's a call back to that Prius. <laughs> <laughs> so Hockey Day wants to know, what do we think Austin will be making uh, a thousand cars a week? I think uh, maybe by the end Ooh. of the quarter, if not sooner. And that's that's an interesting point because uh, at this point they are shipping out some of those uh, forty six eighty vehicles. They're still shipping even in multiple colors. They are leaving the factory, mm-hmm. but they're still just going to Tesla employees. Apparently, no one has indicated uh, outside of a Tesla employee that they have actually purchased the car. And of course, on the website, you can't buy this new uh, short range. Model, uh, model Y. That's there's right. no option to do so. So uh, it, it it appears that uh, they're just shipping to employees at this point because the cars are leaving. They're being made. Uh, as Hockey Day has said, we're really not sure the amount they're being made, but they are watching the parking lot and seeing truckloads of them being leaving uh, Texas uh, on a regular basis. So uh, yeah, it's it's. It's kind of interesting that they're still working with this. They're obviously wanting to make sure that the 4680 configuration is going to be fine and is set properly. Yeah. Um, and of course, with uh, employees, you're able to do that without negative media coverage uh, if there if a problem does uh, pop up at some point in the future. Another possibility, if it's not all employees, is that uh, you're getting them to the showrooms and you might be stockpiling them for a second half push. Like, hey, you know, get your car at the end of the week. Uh, it's ready to go. Uh, and then all of a sudden the standard range shows up and people are getting them days after it shows up on the website. Or both. Yep. <laughs> this, this is the Tesla way. Uh, Break deck, Trent asks, what would you currently be excited about if there's no Elon Musk? Yeah, so that's an easy one for me. Um, I was into solar and EVs before there was a Tesla or yeah. Solar City. <laughs> and uh, um, so... Uh, it would be uh, a lot. We would still be complaining that the uh, car companies are doing compliance cars and they're not putting enough effort into this. And, and uh, it, it would be more like, you know, 2010 than, than it is today as far as availability and things. So I, I'd be even more riled up because of it. Come on, you can do this. Stop jerking me around and actually commit. Uh, I have a feeling that Patrick would have modded his Chevy S10 about three times now, and it would be getting a thousand miles a a charge. Yep. I I would have, I would have, uh, I would have yanked the batteries out of my Prius and and put in some lithiums or something. Yes. Yeah. I have to say that my, my adventure into uh, EV started with Tesla, uh, but it it started with a vehicle that I could not afford. Um, So uh, it, it got me interested I was able to test drive it, but it was not obtainable for me at the price of a Model S uh, at the beginning. So that was uh, the original P85. Uh, that was what I test drove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was it was something that just wasn't obtainable. But when I saw the Model Three was on the horizon, um, I was able to hold out. And actually, I didn't quite hold out because I, I bought a I bought another EV, and that got me introduced into the world and and gave me a little flavor of, of other vehicles outside of Tesla's. So our yeah. family's actually owned a few different EVs and uh, that's given me some perspective uh, when I did get a Tesla as to what the differences actually were. Yeah, I was surprised. I was a young dude and they just flipped me some keys to a hundred plus thousand dollar vehicles. I'd go have fun. <laughs> I was like, 
oh, this is a new experience. Even though you know I, I did sell cars at the time, that it was not something that we ever would have done. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, it left an impression. It, it did. And and uh, as as Mark said, you know, we we uh, our, my first EV ended up being uh, not a Tesla because uh, you know I couldn't afford a Model S or a Roadster, and uh, <laughs> uh, eventually came around after also owning numerous uh, plugins and. Yeah, this, this company just made it easier. They they were already ready building the stuff I was interested in, uh, they, the solar panels and, and the electric cars, and you know they put big old computers in them. So those those were my three things right there: cars, computers, and, and green energy, all in one package, mm-hmm. all together in one big package. Yeah, exactly, cool. exactly. Well, with that, uh, Casey, any shoutouts for the end of the show? Um, so I've got the Sunday shows. Uh, obviously, with the new daughter, I haven't been. Um, Working as hard as I could be on the uh, on the pre-recorded shows, and uh, and um, I'm still working on them, but uh, they're 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 coming slowly, very slowly. So uh, you can find all of that at YouTube.com/slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Very good. And Patrick, what do you got cooking uh, this coming week? Well, as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org, and uh, I blog occasionally at carswithquarters.net. I just started looking at um, the Model S originally came out in 2012, and yep. now here we are a decade later. How has it changed during that decade? And inflation adjusted, what do the current extended range uh, cost versus that uh, Model S 85? Uh, and, and it's not, not a P85, not an 85D just an 85 yeah. <laughs> rear wheel yeah. drive. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's a, uh, it's interesting comparison to look at the evolution of innovation. There you go. Yeah. That should be my new title for that one. There you I go. might go change it. It's Do not it. out yet. So. <laughs> oh man. Coming to Very soon. good. Yeah. Well, again, if you haven't clicked that like button, this is your last chance, please do it. Uh, press subscribe if you haven't already and uh, come back next week, join us. And together we will find out, what is going on in the Tesla life? Yes. Uh, programming note, if you are somebody who also listens to the podcast, or if you're listening to the podcast now, this is going to sound weird. But uh, anyway, if you're somebody who watches the video and the podcast, uh, I will be getting the last two, the current episode and the last week out tonight. I, uh, Like I said, new baby, and uh, uh, I'm just going to spend some time with her rather than slaving over the, uh, the, the MP3 oh. console. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and also, Very thank good. you. Thank you to... Um, um, what? Lee Moon. Yeah, Lee Moon, but Amazon is talking to me about Mercer Meyer? <laughs> I, oh, I didn't hear it. So the stunner is working, but we'll catch you all on the flip side. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Stay positive. Test negative. That was coming to the laptop. Sounds fine. Okay, good. <laughs>